I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. This is Long Shots, VEASAN's premier golf betting podcast. Here's Matt Brown, Wes Reynolds, and Kelly Bidlin. Hello, and welcome to Long Shots, the cognizant edition of the podcast. Matt Brown, Wes Reynolds, Kelly Bidlin coming to you guys. As always, you can become a VEASAN Pro subscriber over at the site. If you use the promo code GOLF, G-O-L-F, we're going to save you $41 off an annual subscription over at VEASAN. So go ahead, hit that up, VEASAN Pro subscription. You get Wes's articles, you get all the stuff that we do. For every single sport, betting guides and all of the betting splits pages and picks pages and things like that. Use the promo code GOLF, G-O-L-F, for $41 off an annual subscription, visa.com slash subscribe. Uh, I, I laughed at this, Wes. This is uh, was the longtime Honda Classic. It was the venue of a broken heart for you and I last year as we had triple mm-hmm. digit Eric Cole, who uh, burst onto the scene and ended up losing. Uh, in a playoff, and that was really terrible for us. But uh, we were able to hedge off, and make a little bit of money in all of that. But we come back this this uh, this year with Honda being gone. It's going to be cognizant, and we have a field that does include one superstar. But that's about it. Yeah, we are cognizant of the sponsor change <laughs> here because Honda longest uninterrupted sponsorship, by the way, of uh, the PGA Tour, uh, nineteen eighty two, and then now done. It is cognizant, which is a IT company headquartered in New Jersey. But we also got to make our listeners, if they weren't with us last week, cognizant of the fact that Matt Brown aboard Jake Knapp last week at the uh, Mexico Open at Vedanta Viarta, and uh, uh, congratulations. I stared at twenty eight to one after round one. And I'm like, I really should be playing this, and I didn't, and I regretted it. Uh, but uh, uh, nice shout uh, for Jake Knapp, and he's not going to have to be bouncing in a nightclub anymore. No, he's not going to be having to do that. Got him a seven-figure payday, and uh, I think those are, those are long behind him, hopefully. Um, what, what other jobs did he do? I, I heard, like, delivering food, too. Like, I've heard of more of past jobs with this guy now in the when past When we go to Around the World uh, with Wes uh, for the DP World oh. Tour, I'll have to spotlight the co-runner-up last week. Uh who, uh, by the way, still delivering groceries in the UK, <laughs> okay, despite the fact go. that he got the biggest paycheck of his career last week in Kenya. Look at that. That's a long, that's a long tease right there, guys. You're going to want to hang around for that bit of info for sure. Yeah, appreciate it, Wes. It was a good tournament all around. Had that thing, had that thing pretty surrounded. Had Balamaki yeah. outright second as well. 
EBR was in the in the top ten as well. So it was a good tournament. On to the on to the Honda. As I said, a very fresh wound for me still when I saw that, and I'm like, you know what? I'm kind of glad that they changed this name to Cognizant because I want to forget that Honda Classic from from last year where we had that triple digit uh, ticket and it looked real, real, real good there for a while. And we do have Eric Cole in the field here with Rory McIlroy, but Kelly outside of that, it is, um, you know, it's, it's the field is deep from, in, from the middling standpoint, but it's not, it's, it's not superstar driven. It's Rory. Yeah. And then you're all the way down at, at you know, Rory six fifty to win this thing. Then we drop all the way to 22 to one is the next closest guy. Yeah, well, you know, I just feel like I got to bring it up right now. As bad as I feel for you guys, this is this is clearly a great example of how brains remember bets because uh, I I hit awkwardly on Chris Kirk last year <laughs> as you two had the Eric Cole tickets and it's like mm-hmm. the the was like the nobody text each other uh, tournament because uh, yeah <laughs> it, it's one of the few times where you're like I really hope you lose your money because I want my money to get home. Right. Uh, this is the rare uh, actually yeah this was by far my best tournament last year because I had the Joseph Bramlett first round leader ticket I believe as well on this one. Um, yeah, interesting field here. This was a, I miss, I miss the Honda. This is a, a tournament that is near and dear to my heart, having uh, covered it for about a dozen plus years uh, down there in Palm Beach Gardens. Um, it's great to see Rory back at it. It's always a shame every single year that more guys don't show up to this event when they all live with like tw- within 20 mm-hmm. minutes of where it's played at. Uh, but yeah, you know, some names and some names that have done well at this tournament here, here in the past. And then, you know, we, we brought this up a couple weeks ago, but I just think an interesting odds board overall that you're staring at this week when you see names like Ricky Fowler as long as he is compared to some of these guys that, you know, for the average golf fan might feel like is, a you know, some no names kind of in the middle. It's uh, it's just kind of the new state of golf and where we're at with some of these dudes. Yeah, Rory 650, Cam Young 22, Russell Henley 25, as is Eric Cole, Tom Kim at 28. Matt Fitzpatrick at 28, as is Benny on. Minwoo Lee, JT Poston at 30. Then you get to Steven Yeager, Shane Lowry, Keith Mitchell, Daniel Berger, Corey Connors, all at 35. Then we get to that 40 to 1, where, again, some guys that, that are household names, if you bet golf. I mean, Sung JM, Sepp Straka, Chris Kirk, Adam Spenson uh, sitting there at 40 to 1. Luke List at 45, Bo Hostler at 45. Everybody else is 50 or longer in this one so Wes when we look at this field I mean sure we would like to see a couple of more uh big name guys in there just from a viewing standpoint but outside of that from a betting standpoint I kind of like this because we're 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 you know we'll, we'll all be dodging Rory I'm sure from an outright mm-hmm. perspective but like you know it, it when it jumps down into the 20s for the next closest guy like we're we're in the market to to hopefully make some money as long as Rory didn't run away with this thing yeah this mm-hmm. actually as you as you pointed out is a really deep field no mm-hmm. no like real superstars at the top other than Rory of course but 19 of the top 50 in the official world golf ranking so it's actually pretty deep in the mid-range which is nice to see even though we haven't had a ton of mid-range shots win this tournament in recent years Kirk 25 to one last year, a little bit shorter than he'd normally be. Uh, you've had soon JM 35, Justin Thomas, Ricky Fowler. They were in the teens. Adam Scott was 20 to one when he won a few years ago, Rory nine to one when he won here in 2012, but you've had bombs here too. You've had Sepp Straka at 125 to one Keith Mitchell, uh, 300 to one Remember when he, uh, mm-hmm. uh, 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 chased down Brooks Kepka and Ricky Fowler, uh, uh, to win that event back in 2019, Patty Harrington in the playoff over Daniel Berger was 400 to one back in 2015. Henley 300 to one a year before. So it's either been like a shorter range or a bomb here pretty much. Mm-hmm. 
Wes, let's talk about the the course. PGA National going to play as a 71 instead of a 70 this year. They did lengthen one of the par fours to make it a par five. The scoring here had been trending towards a little bit easier, and you would think now adding a par five, it should be a little bit easier on these guys as well. Yeah, no question. Uh, uh, if you look at the difficulty, and I put this in uh, the article up at vcin.com, this has been the toughest non-major championship course on the PGA Tour in six of the last 10 seasons. This was the second most difficult course on tour last year, and it's been, I think, top seven for like the last six years. Uh, so looking through that, I mean, this is this is a lot. This is a tournament that you see, and I was actually surprised it got such a good field because you see a lot of guys skip this because this will beat you down. Uh, with all the water on the course and the fact that it's pretty damn exposed, not a lot of trees, so winds, because uh, it's not that far off the Atlantic coast here. And, uh, you know, just to do a little bit more of a rundown in terms of the numbers of the course, Champions Course at PGA National, uh, Tom and George Fazio did design this. Jack Nicholas did the redesign most recently in 2018. Uh, par 71, as you mentioned now, because the, uh, the 10th, uh, the long par four has now been converted to a very short par five. So uh, that's going to be one of the few scorable holes here. Pars are good scores, and there are very few holes you can attack. I mentioned all the water, 26 hazards, and it's on play of 15 of the 18 holes. That's the most on tour. Eight of the 15 of those holes, you got to carry over the water to reach the green on your approach. So you're, you get arguably the most water balls. I forget the exact number, but the most water balls on tour here uh, really over the last several years. So you're going to see some forced layups. You're not going to see guys take driver off the tee all the time. You're going to see them take three metal or kind of the shorter irons. Rough is not really that penal because it's already penal enough with all the water and uh, a lot of the bunkers here. Fairways are relatively narrow, 32 yards wide. Bermuda greens are pretty big, 7,000 yards, even though the GIR rate is like 59%. So above average speed, slightly above average 12 on the stamp, uh, does have the highest double bogey or worst percentage on the PGA Tour. So uh, this is going to be a challenge for these guys. Uh, Kelly, having covered this thing as many times as you have, uh, the weather for a tournament like this is, you know, we always talk about the Florida weather, but we yeah. can definitely see, we can definitely see some, uh, some winds down there. Correct. Yeah, it is. I, I think it's the, it's the thing that surprises you the most every single year when you go out there. Like it's just, I, you know, you get into this space, uh, you know, obviously it's a golf course, but it's mm. this wide open area when you're talking, yeah, you're only seven miles away from the ocean, but like down there, Wes, it's like pretty, it feels very far removed from the ocean, but you right. don't have, there's nothing around you where they have the course. There's no buildings. There's no nothing. It's in a neighborhood, you know, adjacent to neighborhoods. So there's nothing really blocking the winds and what there's not, you know, it's not a traditional really parkland course where there's a ton of trees on the ground. So when it picks up, I, I just remember every year when I was out there, I feel like there's at least one round where you're like, wow, like it really got windy all of yeah, a sudden. Yeah, you start like, seeing guys that were up there the day before just tumbling down the leaderboard, making double and bogey after bogey, uh, especially, of course, the bear trap holes 15 through 17. Yep. Uh, par three, two par threes blanket this dogleg par four that's the 16th. So the 18th is that par five, which is one of the easier holes on the course, but 15 to 17 is where this tournament's often won or lost. Yeah. I mean, everybody talks about the water. Everybody talks about the water. They talk about the bear trap, but I, Matt, I, you hit right on it. It is the, I, I felt like when I was there every year, it was the wind where it was like, okay, well this is, this comes out of nowhere. And then it's, yeah, it's still South Florida. So as much, you know, forecast projection as we want to do, that's great until rain pops up out of nowhere mm -hmm. uh, for a couple hours and th some things go sideways. We saw that, 
what was that? Was Shane Lowry like a couple a couple of years ago? Yeah, I remember like just getting just absolutely doused with rain for a while. Yeah, right on the right on the 18th too. Yeah. Sep Strzok, I think, was in the house, and Lowry right. was trying to get in the yeah. playoff, and then all of a sudden it just started pouring at the worst possible time. Yeah, so that's Florida weather. That could happen right anytime. Yep, he he definitely got robbed. I mean, like he 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 got robbed in that one because that mm-hmm. was that was absolutely ridiculous for old Shane Lowry. I'm sure someone that we will talk about here as we. Uh, as we get going, but uh, let's, uh, let's talk about our models just a little bit. We'll of course, on the other side of the break, talk about what uh, it spit out and what ended up on our, our cards this week. But you know, guys, for me, I know we always talk about approach, but you know, pretty heavy on approach, but I went a little bit heavier on the bogey avoidance than I normally do. And things like that, like guys that are, you know, decently putting themselves in positions to make par. And I know that seems like, Oh no, you won't scores, but you know, if we're thinking 10 under probably wins this thing, then I just want guys out there that'll make pars and move on. Right. And so kind of heavily focused on that a little bit more this week uh, than I normally do in the model. Wes, what did you, uh, what did you come up with this week? Yeah, very similar. Mm. I I did use approach. Uh, mm. I, I think this is the prototypical cliched second shot golf course. Toughest course actually on the PGA Tour last season to gain on approach. So I felt you definitely had to look at that. I also felt you have to look at off the tee. Sapstraka mm. led off the tee here two years ago. This is the fourth toughest stroke to uh, gain uh, off the tee because the distance is shorter. And the accuracy, you know, is pretty narrow, even though the rough's not all that penal. It's uh, uh, just a little bit around 60 percent. So I use strokes gained off the tee here as well. Scrambling. Uh, mm. You are going to have to scramble uh, out, out of the greens. It's a little bit easier to scramble out of the bunkers, but maybe not so much the short grass. So scrambling percentage here has only been about 55 percent, whereas opposed to the tour, it's like 58 to 59 percent. So it's tougher everywhere. You mentioned bogey avoidance. Pars are going to be good scores here. You can maybe only attack and feel like you have maybe about four birdie holes out here, the par fives. And then I think there's a short par four. So you get big numbers that can lurk. So I put a little double bogey avoidance in there as well which i hardly ever do mm-hmm. uh approach buckets 125 to 200 is a really big range I, I put all three 25 to 50 50 to 75 75 to 100 uh in there just for context because proximity is difficult on the larger greens but probably about two-thirds of the shots are going to be in in that range but that's like it is most weeks anyway uh strokes again putting bermuda now that they're off the POA and off the Paspalum last week in Mexico, they're back to that Florida Bermuda. Some guys really like this. They are grainier greens, but they like these greens better. Uh, strokes gain uh, scoring, difficult scoring. I think it could be difficult, even though there has been some rain down there. So maybe it softens the greens a little bit. But I still don't think you're going to be shooting high teens or 20 under to win this thing. And then correlated courses with PGA National. I used a little bit of Bay Hill. Uh, TPC Sawgrass concession, obviously regular Florida courses on the tour, uh, uh, Copperhead at the Innisbrook Resort as well. And then uh, some of the par 70s, even though there's a 71 now, Colonial, uh, Wiley, a little bit of Quail Hollow as well, and then kind of combine them uh, all to see uh, who has total strokes gained on those courses. Yeah, yeah. Kelly, I uh, I should put in there, I, I did do, uh, you know, I, I'm not a huge, uh, you know, putting guy weighing putting in the models but I, I did put Bermuda in there this week strictly because it, it, one it's just these dudes that I want to 
we put stuff in the model sometimes just to differentiate guys. And yeah. so I definitely wanted some differentiators in there, but you know, listen, we, we talk about, you know, Sam Bur Bermuda burns. We talk about, you know, these guys that put the lights out on these, on these Bermuda greens. And so I do think specifically with this being a, a big change for a lot of these guys coming out of the, coming off the West coast and coming off of Mexico and things like that, that, you know, these dudes that are super familiar with Bermuda, I did want to at least see who those guys were. Yeah. It's funny. Cause yeah, you're right. We often say it as a, a bit of a tiebreaker. I would say I still used it the same way, but I'm looking for guys that yeah, looking for guys that, you know, are up there just purely in the Bermuda ranks, right? Like mm -hmm. just over a long term, over a long time period. Cause you're right. You are always more comfortable with those guys that, you know, are, are more comfortable on that putting surface. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely looked at that a little bit more than than I usually do as well. I think it's I think it's important when you switch when you know you're switching surfaces and you're switching surfaces for multiple tournaments uh, too. I think it's a good idea to get started on looking at looking at guys that are going to be uh, putt better on you know whatever whatever grass they're attacking that week, but Bermuda this week. Um, yeah, you guys mentioned a lot of things that I factored in. Bogey avoidance, scrambling, definitely more important this week to, uh, than usual. Uh, the, the the I think the off the tee stuff here is always fascinating because it's one of those, it's it's all it's another one of those situations. And Matt, you bring this up often where I think distance matters here. You don't really think of it as a course. Uh, it, it's not a long course, so you don't really think of it in that sense. Uh, but I, I you, the way you describe this, I think is the real key description of this course of the. Hey, on some of these par fours that are so tough, the further you can get it down there and the short, you know, shorter iron that you have in, uh, in is going to help you out and actually be able to tack maybe some of these pins on the par fours where for the most part, that's going to be extremely difficult. So it is interesting because I think you need a mix of accuracy and distance off the tee this week, but the accuracy, you know, air quotes a little bit, cause it's, you know, they even brought down the rough a little bit this year. I saw West, so it's mm -hmm. kind of like as long yeah. as you're not hitting it in the water, you're mainly you're mainly okay. But you got 11 to 14, dri you know, drives that have water in place, so that yeah. is extremely important to be, you know, keeping it uh, dry. Um, and then you guys hit pretty much everything else. And this is, you know, one of the toughest courses on approach, so definitely factored that in all those proximity buckets uh, you mentioned as well, Wes. This is, uh, I love it. I, Matt, I know you brought this up in years past, so I love this tournament. I think after that bear, after the bear trap and you get that par five to close, it's always, it's always a little fun to get a different par five as your mm -hmm. finishing hole, you get a little bit more excitement with some things that can happen down the stretch. So, uh, really love this tournament. I uh, love watching it every single year. I wish more of these guys would show up for the tough test. Yeah. That's the reason they don't. Exactly, they, they, they don't. Yeah, they don't want to get their their egos crushed as they head into these uh you know elevated events these next couple of weeks. So yeah, that's the reason that they don't. It's so uh, sad. Yeah, I yeah. know yeah, it's 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 silly. I uh, once saw get... Rory uh, withdraw from this one with a toothache, so uh, we'll see. So hopefully, uh, about fourteen years later, he doesn't pull those same games. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. all right, Rory, toothache, got it, sure, yeah. buddy. Yeah. Or he went out there and played a practice round and was like, yeah, I'm not doing this. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not doing this. No, no way, no how. All right, on the other side of the break here, we. We'll come back with all of our plays. And of course, we're going to head around the world. We'll rest Winners. We are back here on Long Shots Golf Betting Podcast here on the Beeson Podcast Network. Quick reminder, guys, if you use the promo code GOLF, G-O-L-F, we'll save you $41 on an annual subscription over at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. So everything we do over there for $41 off for the annual subscription, use the promo code GOLF. Before we get into what our models spit out, we got to go around the world with Renault. 
And we will start in uh, South Africa, but we have to uh, go back to Kenya last week. Darius Van Driel, 80-1, to uh, had lost his card on the DP World Tour, regained it through the Q School, did win by two strokes at the expense of our boy, though, Nacho Elvira, uh, who finished his <sighs> Like, that T2. almost got home. That almost yeah, got did. home. Well, it did. He finished T2. And, and honestly, his brother, Manuel, was actually in better position to win. He was in the final mm-hmm. pairing. And I think ended up finishing, like, T6 or T7. But, uh... Uh, Dran Vandriel rather gets there at 80 to one. Uh, El Nacho tied with the guy I kind of teased at the beginning of the show, this kid, kid named Joe Dean, who got his DP world tour card back on the Q school, uh, last year, still working as a supermarket delivery driver to fun because he didn't have the money to go to cutter. Uh, so, mm. so he's having to like pick and choose his spots. So that's how it's getting him money. But now he got a second place check on the DP world tour. So maybe that's going to help him out. So, uh, a lot of travel for these guys. So there are a lot of expenses there, but Wes, I was ahead, just going to ask how, how many tournaments do we play in South Africa? We have two back to back starting this week, actually. Well, wasn't uh, so, there some in like November, December? We were talking is. about too. There okay, is, yeah. like, Sun, I thought it was Sun, going crazy here because they co sanctioned this with the uh, Sunshine Tour, which is okay. the South African tour. So we've got two uh, starting this week. This week is on the Eastern Cape. It's a uh, St. Francis Lynx, which is a Jack Nicholas uh, signature design. So. Uh, uh, two South Africans, Thurston Lawrence and Xander Lombard, top of the odds board at 16 to one winner here, by the way, was Matthew Baldwin, uh, who is at 80 to one. This is the second year they've done this event. This is called the SDC championship, uh, down there in South Africa, St. Francis links, as I mentioned, the Nicholas signature design also hosts the South African PGA championship on the deep on the uh, sunshine tour. So, uh, uh, I put the link, I didn't go hole by hole and write it out. I just put the link in the, uh, column up at vcin.com par 72, 71, 92, pretty standard, uh, linksian, uh, type course. But, uh, uh, for my selections this week, couple on the shorter end of the board, Went with Ewan Ferguson at 16 to 1. Third here on debut here last year. Two straight top 10s heading into this week. Top 12 in approach and scrambling on the DP World Tour. He's kind of a regular fixture now up on the odds board, especially when some of the other regulars go play uh, stateside on the PGA Tour. Tom McKibben, 20 to 1. He was four for me a couple weeks ago at the Cutter Masters. Only 18th here last year, but he actually had to fight his way back. He shot a 76, which is five over uh, in the bad end of the weather. So Tom McKibben, 20 to 1. Nicholas Norgard Muller at 40 to 1. Kind of fits the profile. Matthew Baldwin, big hitter off the tee, seventh in distance, about 330 yards average. First in strokes gained off the tee, seventh at the Dunhill Links a couple years ago. So he's got Links pedigree. And then uh, I'm going back with Nacho one more time. Yeah. At one. Uh, a runner up, a co runner up at Kenny. He was 23rd here on debut last year, but he's in pretty good form. He's made five or six cuts. Last year coming in, he finished no better than 40th. So I'm going to give Nacho another whirl. Uh, South African Ryan Van Delzen at 55 to 1, who was T3 actually uh, uh, at Kenya last week, two off the lead. Uh, even par round on Sunday, finished T11. Each of the last two seasons, he's won on the Sunshine Tour. He's T3 on this course, actually, last year at the South African PGA Championship. And then the real bomb, Todd Clements, 110-1, to who, if you might remember, beat Matt Wallace last summer at the Czech Masters. Yet to seriously contend, but he's showing off since uh, that win. But second on approach, fourth off the tee at the Cutter Masters three weeks ago. So the ball striking at least is good. So that's it for South Africa. But we still got another trip before we can come back home. One seventeen o- visa Argentina Open. 
No, no, no. live. <laughs> no, uh, we we will we will be in uh uh, uh I, what is it called? King Abdullah Economic City. It's Jeddah is basically what it's referred to in Saudi Arabia. And uh, uh, Dustin Johnson, of course, won the last live event 14 to one here in Vegas. Uh, this week, he actually comes back to a venue where he has won twice. 2019 and 2021 Saudi International. Second choice on the board this week. Rom is the event favorite. Is he's going to be every week? Kepka has won the last two here uh, in Jeddah at, Roy- at uh, Royal Greens is where the, what the course is called. Going for the three peat. Neiman third in Oman last week. A lot of some of these guys that mid tier and live played in Oman last week for what's the international series on the Asian tour, and then fourteen to one. DeChambeau, Hatton, and Taylor Gooch, who lost in a playoff here to Kepka, who uh, uh, who got himself in the news today where he said, if Rory McIlroy wins the Masters, you put an asterisk by it. I guess because he and Dean Burmester are not there. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. put an asterisk by that uh, green jacket, I'm sure. Take it um, easy, Taylor, without a Y. Yeah, Taylor he's been running his mouth a little bit. He, he puts his foot <laughs> in it sometimes. But biggest story, by the way, this week is the fact that Anthony Kim Looks like he is going to be returning to professional golf for the first time in 11 years. Liv did this mystery man, kind of like video promotion. We know who it is. It's Anthony Kim. About 250 to one is the price I've seen him. So, uh, you know, like I don't he know. Was wearing sweats on the driving range. I believe, I believe I he was. Today. Yeah, yeah I believe was he was. Okay. But, you know, this guy we remember was one time a prodigy. We thought, OK, this guy's going to be one of the next big stars in the game, then injuries and then took out that insurance policy and just seemed to lose interest in the game. So it'll be interesting. At least that, I think, is the draw of, of this week at uh, Royal Greens, that par 70. Uh, uh, it plays as a par 70, 72 for members, but par 70, about 70, 50 in terms of the yardage. Typical desert course. Can't if wind picks up, it can get a little bit difficult. Kepka's won the last two years here, fourteen under, twelve under, both in playoffs. Uh, uh, also included the Saudi International, uh, which uh, we we actually hit on Abe Answer here last year at thirty to one. Abe Answer, Harold Varner, Dustin Johnson has won twice here. I did play a little Dustin Johnson at nine to one. His motivation can be a question mark sometime, but he won last time out so it's like okay this guy's still got really good golf in him and this is a course where he's never finished worse than sixth and those events obviously include full field saudi events and not the 50 player whatever live events so dustin johnson nine to one matthew wolf 40 to one fourth in vegas seventh in oman last week tenth and fifth the last two years on this course in Jeddah, and then mito Pereira 41 to one fourth in oman last week finished sixth here last year by the way the winner in oman was uh carlos ortiz and i believe louis Ustazen was second matthew wolf played a little better uh, he is huh? he All is right. maybe brooks kepka uh, i was gonna say throwing him under the bus uh <laughs> You know, might have inspired this guy. I don't know. Going back to the the Gooch statement real quick, guys, before we, like, talk yeah. about our plays. There's there's literally, like, 11 live guys in the Masters field anyway. Like, like, they're, 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 yeah. like so it's, it's like anyone who actually has any sort of win equity is in the field anyway. Like, so <laughs> it's like him, him saying, making that statement is so, so absurd. So I guess like John Rahm's masters didn't matter last year. <laughs> I mean, like right. every joke you've seen on Twitter today is so, it, it just so applies because yes, he, he's, he's basically talking about himself. Like it's just him yes. talking about himself, yes. which I'm sorry, Taylor, but let, let, let's take it easy a little bit. Let's okay? pump the brakes. Yeah. Let's pump, pump the, the brakes on your, your future hall of fame career. Okay. Like, you you kind of knew this was one of the potential, uh, 
consequences of, of going to this tour. So, I can't wait till the, su- the Super League is joined, Taylor, and you get stuck behind Patrick Cantlay for a full three rounds or something <laughs> yeah. like that, and you just can't. They're gonna yeah. they're gonna haze you bad, buddy, when you get back with all the all the big guys. All right, Kelly, we threw in the numbers, we crunched them, the model spit out some results. What actually ended up on your betting card this week? Yeah, a bunch of guys went back and forth on, but um, yeah, I, I made three bets in front of you on Monday when we were doing a numbers game together, mm-hmm. and uh, I stand by him. I'm glad, I'm glad I did it. Uh, outright card, Russell Henley uh, bet kind of immediately, but his number is basically around the same. I got 25 to 1. It's not like that's really moved. Um, shop around, but he was a top 10 model play for me. Had a feeling uh, he'd, he'd pop, has been playing playing you know pretty well recently it's been t24 genesis t58 pebble i don't know about you guys but some of these pebble beach results i'm just like throwing out after the weather that occurred there like it yeah. is yeah. um yeah. but yeah t58 pebble t4 at the sony so you know he's had, he's had some up and down performances but he is, i mean this is a guy i think with all the water in play i th- i think it makes you know course history a little less important just because of the extreme variance that can happen here uh you know tournament after tournament but having said that russell henley very successful here at the honda before t3 uh last year t8 the year before t20 the year before that he's won here before so um he knows what he's doing played an outright on him played a top 20 on him as well uh eric cole was the other one i punched in right away sorry boys hopefully he gets home this time and mm-hmm. we're we're all on him maybe possibly i don't know uh he had top t- top 12 kind of model play for me obviously second year a year ago we talked about man this guy keeps grinding he just keeps grinding the most shocking thing when i look up anything eric cole is how he keeps playing every freaking tournament that he can play i felt like we were making those jokes at the end of the end of the fall last year and man every this year too t- uh, t10 genesis t49 phoenix t12 14 pebble miss mm-hmm. the farmers t21 amex t13 sony t14 centuries played like in everything you can so far um so i uh, went back to eric cole um, I only played an outright on him this week. Uh, I think with the way he can spray it off the tee a little, sometimes that is concerning here with all the water that is in play. So we'll see if he can replicate what he did a year ago. Um, okay, moving on down the outright list. Another guy only played an outright on uh, Daniel Berger, returning to a course that he has played probably about 4,562 rounds on over the course of his life, having grown up uh, you know, right down the road from here and gone to high school about 10 minutes away. Um, he had that, what, what was it? A five shot lead in the final round, right? 2022, but choked that away, uh, here. And obviously he's been dealing with all the back issues. So my boy Berger, I'm playing an outright on you this week. And of course you're very, very familiar with see what he can do, uh, here this week. Uh, moving on then last outright that I do have in my account, Adam Svensson, uh, another South Florida guy. He's still in Delray, right? Uh, Wes, I know you were, you know, where all these guys are. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. He plays out of this course. Yes. Okay, great. So, yeah, he's right there still. I know he was for a while. Um, He was the model surprise for me this week where he finished top eight, like, in everything that I ran and was kind of surprised by it. Um, Up and down results here. He he had a T9, though, two years ago. Um, Recent results. This is what I was kind of surprised by. T10 at the Genesis, miscut at Phoenix, T47 at Pebble, miscut at Farmers, T30 at Sony. It's not like exactly he's had an amazing season, so I was a little surprised where he's – where he did pop up in the uh, in the stats for me, um, he was my last outright play. Did play a top twenty on him as well. Other top twenties I played then JT Poston going back to him because he just continues to be a top twenty machine. Um, 
another guy hasn't had a ton of success here in the past, but uh, just kind of moving past that. And then Doug Gim, I, I know you bet him last week, uh, Matt. Um, we always talk about him spiking in the models, but he's kind of put together a few good tournaments here recently too. So played a top 20 on him at about 275, both him and Spence at over two to one. So um, that is my entire cards for outrights for top 20s right now. Wes, what did you end up throwing in your account, my friend? Yeah, I, I, I'm still considering Eric Cole. I know it's going to be popular, mm. but sometimes popular ones do win, and he certainly made a lot of sense. Uh, didn't make it initially for me. Certainly will be a lot of placement markets uh, I'll have on him. Uh, uh, started with uh, Cameron Young, who I found at 26-1 to 1 at Cirque. He's 22-25 now in the market. Uh, uh, first in total driving over the last 24 rounds. Already got a couple top 10 finishes this season. Also does have a win on this course. Now, granted, he was 16 years old, and it was the uh, 2013 <laughs> AJGA, America Junior Golf Association, Polo Golf Junior Classic. And, there you go. and also uh, 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 was uh, in the uh, match play uh, uh, the, the next year and, and, and got knocked out. So uh, does at least have experience on this course. And, and a guy also has good experience on this course and actually good success here. Benny on. 31 to 1, T4 in 2020, T5 in 2018, 7th for strokes gained off the T last 36 rounds. Began 2024, of course, with the two top fours in Hawaii, including the playoff loss at Wiley, which I think still has a little bit of correlation. If you look at some guys that have won the Sony Open, they've also won this event. So, and have played well in this event. Like we like we saw uh, uh, Chris Kirk win it yeah, here last year. He did not win the Sony Open, but I think he was like third or tied for second yeah. the year before. So there is some correlation here. Uh, I'll add with Kelly on uh, Daniel Berger at 40 to 1, who not only resides in nearby Jupiter, but he's lived there since he was 13. Mm -hmm. And uh, so a lot of these players, you know, Rory Fitzpatrick, a lot of these guys actually live down in Jupiter, uh, play at medalist and Seminole. So this is not that far away from West Palm beach, made the playoff here as a tour rookie in 2015, lost to Harrington fourth, his last two visits, Kelly explained where he blew the five shot lead. He's been on the comeback trail here. He missed nearly a year and a half of that injury. This is kind of a similar narrative maybe to Zalatoris at Riviera, who loves that course, has always said he loves that course, and, uh, you know, contended and was right there until Matsuyama decided to shoot a 62 and break all of our hearts. But uh, Berger, I think this could be the week where it's like, oh, Daniel Berger, you know, here he is. He's still out here. You know, this was a guy that had the pedigree of a, of a great player and that he's back. So 41 on Daniel Berger. Uh, Keith Mitchell, 41 to one, who was a play for me, who only finished top 20 last week. But when you look at how he struck the ball, he was second on approach, third in GIR, eighth in driving distance, 10th for strokes gained OTT, second best overall ball striker in the field behind Knapp, of course, who was the eventual winner, top 10 here last year. And uh, I think Keith Mitchell, uh, you know, kind of really, kind of really fits here. I remember yeah. he won at 300 to one back in 2019. So 41 to one, not getting quite that number, but I love the way he hit the ball last week. Just couldn't really putt. And, but that was the Paspalum and this is now the Bermuda where he's more used to it. So Keith Mitchell, 41 to one and uh, Mark, another one down for Adam Svensson, 55 to one. This is his home course. He actually made the the uh, Corn Ferry, I think, qualifying school back here in 2015 and ran away with it at the Q School. Also won on this course when he was a student at Barry University, which Kelly, of course, uh, being a South Floridian, uh, very familiar with. On his first PGA Tour events here, Svensson was fourth at halfway and then was ninth in 2022. So 
He's got some, and, and he played really well at Riviera. Top 10, struck the ball really well. I think he'll putt a little bit better on the Bermuda, maybe than the POA. So Svensson, 55 to 1. <laughs> oh, right. there it is. All there right. We there we a go. True we got one. Play. A true pod play for the first time in a while. I'd have Svensson on the card as well. Oh, that's fun. Let's get that one home. That'll be Absolutely. That that's that's what I'll root for. <laughs> uh, Christian Bezadenhout at uh, 60 to 1. First place check at the Amex, even though he didn't win. The amateur Nick Dunlap won, but he got the first place check. So he's still trying to get that first win on the PGA Tour. Uh, plays his best golf seemingly in Florida. He's made nine of ten cuts in events here. He's been playing predominantly over here stateside, the South African, for the last couple of years. A couple top 20, a seventh and a couple other top 20s at Bay Hill, 13th at the Players last year, where he is top five after each of the last three rounds. And then one bomb I went with uh, – not a guy that you think of Florida. You think of him more on the West Coast, a uh, very young player. But Taylor Montgomery at 150 to 1. Top four in scrambling and strokes gained Bermuda putting over the last 36 rounds. The approach play has picked up. So I think Taylor Montgomery could – I don't know if he'll be quite an Eric Cole surprise last like, like last year. But Eric Cole, kind of a lot of people knew what he was doing, that he was from the area and he was playing that. What, what I forget what the hell that tour is where there's like a thousand dollar prize money to the winner yeah. that he would play during the week, the pro golf tour, whatever it was called. But, you know, Eric Cole kind of had some some signs. Montgomery may not have as many, but took a shot at one hundred fifty to one. I like we have a true pod play. That Let's is go. fun to get going in there. I will say, uh, Kelly, I share Russell Henley with you as yeah, well. Uh, have him as an outright and then. You played post in the placement market. I actually played post in as an outright as well. Uh, post in just really lit up the model for me across yeah. the board. Um, pretty much everything I was kind of looking for, I was getting, and, and he really did, like I said, just pop and, and every version of the model. Now, you would like to see him, you know, off the tee would be the one thing where you kind of point to, to post in and see that he's, as far as, you know, in this field, he's in the the bottom half of that. But everything else, he tends to be fairly well and, and places pretty high. So I did uh, I did go ahead and throw Post in there. And hopefully he can uh, hopefully he can find the driver for a tournament yeah. for us. Um, and, and Matt, just to add on to that real quick, like I always think this is it, – it, we, we try to mention this, but like what, I, I definitely factored in some off-the-tee stuff pretty heavily in my models. And when you do that and you still get guys like this that rise to the top – it just really shows where the rest of their game has been so overall dominant that allows them to, you know, really get past some of the longer, uh, you know, longer and more accurate hitters that might be off the tee out there. Yeah. So Henley Poston Svensson for me, I also have a Luke List ticket, and this was strictly because of where he was showing up in the models comparatively to the odds that were attached to Luke List. And you kind of go and you start to look at some of the stuff that he brings to the table, and you're like, okay, he's got. He's got some of the stuff here yeah. that could uh, th that could work out, and so um, I went with uh, I went with Luke List, and then I'm doing a buy low here, guys. And I know he's been playing like absolute garbage, but I played Matt Fitzpatrick, and it's one of those things where I'm looking at you know the skill set he brings. Typically, we would look and be like, oh, this course is going to be hard. He's a grinder. He's a dude that can go out there and just make a bunch of pars. He's not super flashy, whatever. He has been playing bad. I like. I am. I am aware. Right. Cut yeah. at the Sony, fifty eighth at the at Pebble Beach. He did get fifteenth down in down in Phoenix, but then at the Genesis was just absolutely horrible. 
um, and, and actually missed the cut there at the Genesis. So uh, the form, not all that great for him right now riding in here. But if we're talking about the prototypical golfer for what we kind of like for this course, Fitzpatrick is it. And so I'm going to see if he can put it together this round. And again, his odds have slipped to a point. You know, if he were, if this were, six months ago, you know, mm -hmm. Fitzpatrick would be, you know, he'd be second on the odds board behind Rory at like, you know, 11 or 12 or something. And, and yeah. so I'm going to try to do a little buy low here on Fitzpatrick. Yeah. I would say there were, the one I was considering kind of along the, the same line of thinking was, was Sung JM. I know he has been absolutely yeah. horrific this season, but I, you know, kind of like you just said, Matt, right? If this was play, you know, we played this tournament a year ago and with this field, where is Sungjae on the odds board? He's way up there. You're talking about getting a 40 to one right now at DraftKings on a guy who's won this tournament before. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. He's won this tournament before. It would have been, I don't know, it, like a low 20 or in the teens if we put, it teed it up with this field a year ago. So I, yeah, completely get the Fitzpatrick play. I was looking at Sungjae hard for that. So the guy so, that, yeah. yeah, so the guy that is, and, and very well might make my card. Um, so the, the first off for me was Tom Hoagie. Like, you look, yeah. and it's just like his approach numbers, obviously, are just always going to elevate him so high in these things. But, I mean, you, you just look, and it's like first overall in approach, last 36 rounds in this field. He's second from the buckets, you know, and, and a lot of the buckets we're looking for. All that stuff, like, yeah, he's not great off the tee either, but I, I – I might end up on a hoagie ticket at the, and, and if not like from an outright perspective, maybe that'll be a top 20 or something on, on hoagie. Yeah. I like the, uh, the Luke list one was one that I was considering heavily uh, of, of some of the other ones you just mm -hmm. rattled off. It was, uh, I guess I was hoping to get a little lo longer odds on Luke yeah, list. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, yeah, it's 45 to one right now in yes. DraftKings. I think he attracted some betters out mm -hmm. there. And I, I, like you said, like you said, man, I think he, uh, has an attractive skill set for this week. You know, hey, if the putter can get going, uh, and you know he can avoid some of the some of the you know bad weather at times if it shows up, uh, I, I absolutely think he could be a guy who's live here. One of the things that will shock me is if I'm on a top ten in this market this week, I'll, it's going to be twenties, thirties, and forties yeah. predominantly this week, just because I think that there's so much variance at this course, yep. and there's so many one shot you get a bad number and that's gonna this is gonna be topsy-turvy not only if you have outrights or matchups this is gonna be topsy-turvy if you have placement markets here because yeah. all of a sudden you're gonna be oh man i'm he, he's like t10 and then he makes a double or a triple and he's t35 and he's got a birdie at the last or something to get in the top 20 so when you look at form here there's some guys that have some form but you know it's a lot of inconsistency too like you know, like a Chris yeah. Kirk who won last year and finished seventh before also has a couple missed cuts before that. So yeah. nobody really has a top 10, top 20, top five. Uh, uh, everybody, ev even like the aces here, like the Daniel Burgers and uh, the, the the JT Postins and some of these guys are kind of higher on the board. Uh, Keith Mitchell, Chris Kirk, even though guys, Rory McIlroy, especially as well. Mm -hmm has a couple missed cuts here. So everybody, by the way, it is very players championship esque in terms of the fact that you will see a couple good events and then miscut, cut, miss cut, miss cut. And then a couple made cuts after that. So you get a lot of erratic form here because this course is so tough. Kelly, who wins this tournament and you hate yourself because you didn't put him on the card. Oh, good question. Um, I don't I probably, probably JT posted, especially now since you uh, played it out right. Uh, I did it on him. <laughs> Yeah, uh, My, JT Poston or Steven Yeager, just because I've been kind of riding the Yeager train uh, and it's been paying off in finishing position markets. But uh, 
he was a guy I think I was ready to make a case for. Uh, but man, he just really didn't spike at all for me this week. Yeah, Shane Lowry will be mine. He yeah, just, he was one of mine too. Him and just, Eric Cole. He's just inside the top seven in like every single model really? that I ran, and it's okay. just yeah. And I just don't know. I just don't know why he's he's really bad from one of the approach buckets, Kelly. So maybe that's why he fell in your. He's like a hundred and third in this field from one hundred and fifty to one hundred seventy five yards. If that tells you anything, like that okay, knocks yeah. him down pretty good. But then. You just look at all these other stuff, and he's just he's so high up there, and I just couldn't put the ticket in. But yeah, if he wins, I'm gonna I'm gonna be very very mm. upset. Uh, all right, twelve, West, 14, West, who's, and seven. Who's your player? Who's your who's your player? You're gonna hate if he wins. Well, you have one there, Matt uh, Shane Lowry, and uh, uh, kind of a tie here with Eric Cole, yeah. uh, who I just man, it seems like he he's he's just he's still remain remain consistent. Even yeah. when he's not there, like right in the the hunt and the fight to win a tournament or something, he's just continuously a cut maker and a guy that gets in them top thirties. I know he missed one this year, but if you look, he's got four top fourteen finishes this year. It's insane, I and I, yeah. and I think like seven events, and it's like, man, eventually when a guy knocks, 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 knocks at the door, eventually he kicks it in, and uh, maybe this is the week for Eric Cole, but uh, uh, he he was certainly accounted for in the yeah. market, shall we say? I'll, I'll I'll put it this way: I'll uh, I will avoid the FOMO. I'll play him in one and done. That's what I'll do. I'll I'll play Cole in one and done, and then. That way, there's no odds attached to his name, so I don't yeah. be like, I can't believe I'm paying this for Eric Cole, and I'll be happy if he, you know, if he wins or whatever. So I'll, I'll go one and done on Eric Cole this week. That's you know, the way I to that's the way that, to keep the uh, the FOMO feeling there. Kevin. No, yeah. that, is, that that is a great way of, of yeah. doing that. I think I'm gonna use. I hadn't really thought about one and done this week yet, but I think I'm gonna use Adam Svensson because I can't imagine I'm gonna like him this much again. Uh, right. Right. This year. <laughs> Unless you, when we get to the RSM at the end of the year. Right, yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> Guys, as always, everything uh, over at VEASAN.com, Wes's article, all of his picks, of course, all of the around-the-world picks as well, you can find over there on VEASAN.com. If you haven't already, Golf, G-O-L-F, that'll give you $41 off an annual subscription. So go ahead and just sign up for a year. It'll be worth it. It's worth it. So go ahead and do that with the promo code golf for wes for kelly I'm Matt. Good luck on all your Honda slash Cognizant picks this week. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. 
Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health, but by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. 